Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Liquid Sound, a show dedicated to music, songwriting, and the creative process. I'm your host, Gino Bran, and we're brought to you in cooperation with the Liquid Arts Network, connecting artists and communities since 2000. Thanks for tuning in today. Our guest is the band Ghosts. Ghosts are a punk band recently formed in Busan with a unique sound and a unique lineup. The band members include Siska on drums, Ali on bass, and Niall and Sarah on vocal duty. They all come from different parts of the world and, as you'll hear, from different musical backgrounds. So we recently recorded an episode where, due to COVID restrictions, only half of the band were in the studio and the other half joined us over Zoom, which might explain why the audio is a bit uneven. But regardless, we had a fun time talking about the band's formation, the way they go about creating songs, how to whip a crowd into a frenzy, and lots more. We also ended the session with a live in-studio performance of one of their songs. The first of their tracks we listened to is called Bekma.
guess I was thinking as a as a way to start, maybe kind of going around and just sort of introducing yourself, saying what your role is in the band, like what what you do in the band, and then talking a little bit maybe about your musical experience up until Ghosts, like pre-Ghosts musical experience. Does that sound okay? Yeah. Okay, cool. What if you don't have much musical experience? That's great. <laughs> That's all you got to say. Okay. Um, can I start with Siska? Yeah, sure. Okay, let's start with Siska then. Hi, Siska. Okay. So, hi. Thank you for having us. Uh, very excited to do this today. Um, my name is Siska, and I play the drums in the band. I have always been a very big lover of music and... I love playing the drums, so I've been playing it for about 15 years now. And before Ghosts, I have played in a few other bands back home in South Africa. And yeah, music has always just been a part of my life, and I I can't imagine it in any other way. So yeah, that's it. <laughs> cool. How about you, Niall? Yeah, hi, Gino. Thanks for having us also. And uh Prior to Ghosts, I, I played, I guess, usual story. I played some in some bands whenever I was younger, back home in Northern Ireland. And then would do sort of acoustic solo singer-songwriter stuff. Obviously, with living away from my home country, it's difficult to carry around instruments and uh, form bands that last. So I played in a band back in Changwon years and years ago. And then I did a few open mics, but nothing too serious until uh, Ghost started. I guess whenever I moved to Korea, I had been thinking about starting a band with different people, but it just took took a long time to find the right people. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. How about you, Sarah? Yeah, I, I'm the other vocalist alongside Niall. And I think I was probably came into Ghosts with a little bit of a different background musically. I grew up as a choir kid. Oh. <laughs> I was in three different choirs in my school um, and choral captain. So I don't know if that's a brag, but <laughs> it is what it is. We don't know enough to, <laughs> to tell you that it's not a brag. So. Um, and yeah, like more like musical theater background. So definitely my taste in music growing up was very different. Um, but yeah, I really like where this band has taken me and my taste in music, everything yeah. like that. Yeah. Was this the first time that you had sung with a band? Then? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it was my first time. Wow. What kind of choirs were you in? Um, mostly just choral music, mm-hmm. I think. It's kind of a mix when you go into the choral music world. It's like world music. So they sing songs from different cultures and stuff like that, different languages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's really eclectic. Cool. Yeah. All right. How about you, Ollie? Um, <laughs> where to begin? Uh, so if I just start from when I came to Korea, okay. um, I came to Korea like maybe about eight, nine years ago, and I was living in Daegu and I started a band there called Colors. And then when that finished very quickly, uh, a new band formed, which was Mountains, which is still going. Um, and then I've, I think I joined a few other bands, like I started joining bands and playing with them. Um, and then at some point I moved to Seoul and I started two bands there, Visuals and Machines. Um, and by the time I moved to Busan, which was about two and a half years ago, I got it down to just the two bands, uh, Mountains and Machines. And when we started Ghosts, it wasn't really like the plan wasn't to start a new band. But um, as soon as we started playing together and playing shows, it just, just became a really enjoyable thing. Uh, so then, yeah, kind of ghosts came out of that. And it was basically something I'd wanted to do for a long time. Like uh, the setup of our band is such that we don't have a guitarist. We, we have a drummer, bassist, which is my role, and uh, two vocalists. And I really wanted to do something like that for a while. Um, but I never felt like I was good enough personally. And also I'd never found the right people to do it with. Uh, but as soon as I met these guys, like they were, they were very enthusiastic and very open to this way of playing a band. Like at no point did anyone say like, hey, maybe we need a guitarist. Like, maybe we need to get this other band. It was just instantly a lot of fun and mm-hmm. very enjoyable. 
I've noticed that your bands are usually a, a word and then it's plural. Ghosts, <laughs> yeah, and right. And colors um, and yeah, that that was just the first time was colors, and that was just um, an easy way to do songwriting. Like the band was called Colors, and every song was a color. Oh. red blue white okay. and it was just so we didn't have to think about naming the songs uh and then when mountains started that was just because you know we're in korea there's a lot of mountains around and also mountains the landform are awesome sure. like, they, they yeah. the way that they're formed all of that i really love um and then yeah it just kind of slowly became a thing from there how did you guys come upon the name ghosts it was um i had a list because I had been thinking for such a long time about forming different bands, I actually had a list on my phone of different <laughs> names. And I think there was one day, because originally when we started, um, I forgot that <laughs> I had played, me and Siska briefly had a band that we played together. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and the name, the name of the band was The Sharts. Um, <laughs> and I had, a, I had a list of names on my phone of, you know, they were all different names and, we had originally formed together the four of us to play uh i had organized this like 72 hour or 48 hour music festival where the idea was you make a song within 48 hours so we formed the band to perform at that and made a song and then i think we were coming up with names and one of the names i had on my list was ghosts with an apostrophe s as in you know the possessive and uh whenever that came up you know obviously ali with his previous history it was like okay <laughs> it was like let's yes. do that but without the apostrophe so kind of it was a pretty quick decision i think as, as i remember it right mm-hmm. yeah well, yeah i wanted to ask because ali you you do have a lot of experience playing with a lot of bands as you said but sarah you said you, you didn't really have much experience at all Mm-mm. and so why did you and this goes for everybody i guess but like what kind of brought you to wanting to do this particular project what was it about this band that you thought yeah that's that's sounds like something i'd like well, I was introduced to Niall uh, probably my second year in Korea. And I was kind of – my first year in Korea, I had a lot of mates in Changwon. I lived in Masan. Mm-hmm. And my second year, everyone left. And I was like, I just I just need something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Niall was like, oh, you sing? All right. Well, I'm thinking about getting a band together. And I know these cool people. And, yeah, kind of the rest is history. Okay. I don't know. I didn't really have a big reason for doing it. I just – thought it would be really fun mm. and a good way to meet some really cool people. And mm. I did. So I'm glad I did that. And thank you, Niall, for that. <laughs> yeah, the connector. <laughs> Weirdly, me and Siska had history. I don't know, Siska, if you remember us jamming once years ago in Daegu. Yes, I remember. It was uh, my first year in in Korea. And yeah, and yeah, it was weird because I think we had like one practice and then that was it. Like I, I don't, we didn't even keep in contact. You know, I, I moved away and it wasn't until the first time we jammed, the first practice that we had. And um, I was like, wait, I think me and you have played together before, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we'd already done, but it had been so long ago that we'd kind of just forgotten about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been home or back to South Africa between the years there so yeah it's it it was just great like to to meet again kind of like it became a full circle or whatever yeah <laughs> cool so i guess same question to you siska nile is like how did you sort of come into wanting to do this particular project the the way it kind of organically came about was that um like i've known siska for years mm-hmm. probably i don't know i don't even know how long six seven years maybe um yeah and as I said, like we had played together in the legendary Sharts band. Um, <laughs> and because I knew that Siska played drums and, you know, it's hard to find a drummer because, you know, there's, I guess, like people can carry a guitar or even more specifically ukuleles around. But finding somebody who actually plays the drums here is really difficult. And finding somebody who's good, you know, or amazing as Siska is, is really difficult. Oh. So, so we had, mm-hmm. we, had, um, we had played together and then... I try to sing, but I'm not very good, but I really like punk music. So I figured, you know, I could start a punk band. Why not? Like, it's easy. I can just shout. And uh, there's a Canadian band called Fucked Up. Who They have a singer, like a guy who's got a really rough, shouty voice. And then a female singer sort of layers this kind of beautiful ethereal singing over it. 
And I had kind of an idea off the back of that to get a, a band with that same idea. And then I met Sarah and, you know, knew Siska from before. And then also had met Ali around about the same time as I had met Sarah. And pr- probably every time I w- was out in a bar drunk and met somebody new, I would sort of gather if they played music and then I'd be like, okay, man, we should start a band. <laughs> so I kept going to all these different bars and there, there would be like guys coming up. And say, hey man, remember you said we're going to start a cross punk band last night. And, you know, <laughs> and it just happened so many times, but this one actually kind of stuck because of, yeah, as I yeah. earlier, the, the competition we were going to do. So yeah, it was kind of, it was based off of that idea. And then obviously Ali, and Siska, that dynamic worked really well. And I didn't really, I, I do play the guitar, but I don't feel I'm very good at it and certainly not playing and singing at the same time. So it kind of just made sense, really. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I remember you, you did bring your guitar to the first practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. You had, yeah, yeah. You, had, you had that pedal your sister had bought you and you were, you were like, really, but the guitar never made it out of the case. Right. Like it, did, it didn't even make it. Yeah, we just kind of straight away wrote a song. And yeah. it, that mm. was shame, right? And yeah. um, we played the song "Shame" at the end of every show. I think we played it like every every set we've done. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, we have, yes. Instantly, like it just worked, and I guess people were open to it, and it was like, okay, cool. This is the style that we're going to do. Yeah. yeah, it just clicked. I also want to ask you, Ollie, though, because you have a lot of experience. So, also wanting to team up with people who might have been less experienced than you. Um, no, that, that definitely wasn't uh, part of it. it. It was a really nice aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I would always tell the friends like, you know, this band that I start, I love that everyone is really enthusiastic mm-hmm. in the band. Like we would, we would practice a song and sometimes like it didn't go well, but everyone was like, oh yeah, that was great. That's awesome. <laughs> Let's do it again. And I loved that enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. And perhaps sometimes when you're playing with more experienced people, you don't have that same kind of joyful enthusiasm, you know. And then it just worked really quickly with this band. And uh, again, everyone being open to this kind of format of the band was a good uh, bonus as well. Yeah. You guys do have such a unique yeah, makeup of the band. Like you said, it's drum, bass, and then two vocalists. Mm. Whereas, you know, usually there's some other harmonic instruments or... Right, yeah. Whatever. The guitars, mm-hmm. keyboard maybe. No, I, yeah. I, there was a band that I listened to when I was, um, I guess, at university... Uh, called Death from Above or Death from Above 1979 from Canada, I believe. They've they've been around for a very long time and their setup is just bass and drums and the drummer sings. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the bass player plays keys sometimes, but it's through the same amp setup. So Mm -hmm. the keys sound like bass. Mm -hmm. And um, I just remember seeing that as a youngster and just absolutely loving it. It was raw and energetic. It was kind of like rock and roll, but um, it wasn't dull. Like whenever I'd listened to rock and roll in the past, I'd always found it a little bit kind of generic and boring. Whereas these guys were playing rock and roll, but it was just bass and drums. Mm -hmm. It was powerful and heavy. Um, And so I, I, yeah, I'd always wanted to do a band like that. And it just took a long while for me to a find the right people who were open to that, but also personally myself being like good enough to, play in it because ostensibly i'm doing bass and guitar mm-hmm. and keys like all at the same time um i don't know how successful i am with it but you know that's that's kind of what i'm trying to do well you do have so much space to fill right you got you're doing all the harmonic parts all the bass parts mm. too but it's like also i think that that actually gives the vocalists a lot of space to do yeah. their thing too because you know they um instead of playing off the harmony of a keyboard or a guitar they're playing out the harmony of the bass, which can, uh, the way that you play it in this band, it can be quite open-ended, mm. harmonically speaking. So I guess I wanted to ask the the vocalists as well about that. How do you guys actually go about writing your songs? Like, do you, Sarah, do you write down some lyrics and then you just, or I guess this is how I would imagine that you do it. So let me know if I'm right or not. But I imagine <laughs> that Siska starts with a beat and then Ollie just starts riffing on that, some ideas, and then you and Niall kind of come up with different melody parts that you want to put on top of that. Is that more or less how it goes? No. I know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Usually, no, no, yeah, no. it starts with Ali, I think, yeah. who comes up with a couple of riffs uh-huh. and puts them together. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, actually, songwriting in this band is, is seems. I think it's really easy because we're um, we're 
kind of stripped down, you know. Yeah. So it basically usually just starts with me at home with my bass at the end of a day, uh, like I'll be watching a movie and I'll just kind of be making motions with my hands and seeing what happens. Uh, and then a riff will pop out of somewhere um, and I'll find like one or two good ones and I'll try and paste them together. Like I'll, I'll try and get the, the basis of the song um, uh, down you know, like verses and chorus and all that kind of stuff. And then I'll just bring it to practice and go like, hey, I've got this new riff idea. Uh, I play it. Siska usually very quickly comes up with a nice beat or two. Uh, and then Niall and Sarah, I think like within the practice space, will come up with lyrics and figure out like who's singing what part and what melodies. Um, but, but I mean, like actually at that point is where I'm not exactly 100% sure because like the music part is is like me and Sarah and then the lyrics, sorry, me and Cisco, and then the lyrics part is Niall and Sarah. Mm -hmm. And that yeah. is, like, that doesn't get bridged that often. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, that's um, like, an important aspect of it because I, I sort of the way I see it is very much that, you know, like, obviously the, the relationship between the drummer and the bassist in any band is is key, you know, for the for the rhythm of the band. And so the way I typically see it, we kind of had two departments within this within the band where Siska and Ali would work on their sort of the music section. And then usually at especially at the start, uh, I had probably a little like more experience trying to write songs. So for the first song, for example, I, I did all the lyrics and that probably happened for the first couple of songs. But then later on, usually we would sort of come with ideas. I think probably the first song that me and Sarah wrote together. Uh, watching. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think at the time I was thinking about uh, whenever Blink One Eighty Two uh, they released their self-titled album, and I remember reading that Tom DeLonge and Mark Hoppus had been sort of separate, and they came together to write the songs, but they had written their own songs independently, and then the song itself uh, ended up being feeling this, where they had two ideas that were both coincidentally the same thing it was about sex uh which is probably unsur un unsurprising and surprise, surprise. it just so happened that the lyrics worked and i think i was thinking about that sort of idea so sarah kind of had her ideas and i had my ideas and they were basically about that subject coincidentally again yeah. and so we put the lyrics down so i think normally i have some ideas that i've got written down for different songs whether it be something that i'll do myself or something for ghosts and sarah had some ideas and then we write the lyrics usually in the space but based off of ideas we've had before you know so we structure them around the the bass line and the drums you know and you're right you know there's a lot of space for us to fill in the melodies and add to the texture of the song so i think it works really well the fact that you know you've got my maybe lower register rougher vocals with sarah's kind of more professional sort of beautiful singing and then the bass leaves the space for us to get in there. And then the drums just kind of fill the sound in as well, you know. So it works quite yeah. well in that sense. I think the way you come up with lyrics and the way I come up with lyrics is different too. Because I feel like a lot of the time Ali will come in and like show us something and we're just trying to figure out the structure of the song sometimes. <laughs> and we're like, okay, so this is the verse. <laughs> <laughs> this is the chorus. Okay, we got it. Yeah. And then if it's a more shouty song, I feel like, yeah, Niall kind of takes the lead on lyrics with that. And I feel like a lot of the time you do come up with them on the spot. I don't know if you had them in your head already, but that poses other questions. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I for me, I want to, I don't know, because I have less experience, I want to think about it a little bit more. So I'll kind of just sit and like hum along and I'll kind of come up with a melody first. And then later on, I'll try and fit lyrics into that, that way. So I do that at home generally. <laughs> yeah. I notice sometimes when we're, we're writing, uh, Sarah, you'll yeah, kind of just do harmonies or melodies, you know, mm. and then like, yeah, you'll go home and think about actual actual lyrics yeah it definitely changed a lot from like the first i was listening to one of the first just we would like record in the in the space mm -hmm. and i was kind of following what niall was doing because i 
was completely new to it, so I didn't know what I was doing. Um, but yeah, I think now I feel a lot more comfortable putting in my own voice into it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Was this the first time that you had written songs yourself? Mm, I tried doing it a couple of times when, way back when, when I tried learning ukulele. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I learned like four or five chords and then just put a couple of songs together. Um, but yeah, they weren't any good, mm-hmm. which I'm pretty sure everyone says. <laughs> but <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> but yes, this is my first like seri- serious uh, music making experience. Uh-huh. Because usually in musical theatre, you just kind of, you learn a song that someone else has done. And yes, Mm -hmm. you take your own, you take it on your own, into your own style. Mm -hmm. But generally, it's something that someone else has written and then you put your stamp on it. Right. Well, I know that sometimes that you and Niall, you usually sing in unison, right? Or you'll sing kind of a similar, uh, like at the same time. Yeah. As well, right? I think earlier on, yeah, Yeah. like our earlier songs, Mm -hmm. we would sing together Mm -hmm. at the same time same rhythm and everything but later on we started like separating it mm-hmm. and then Niall would have kind of a shouty part and mm-hmm. then I would do my part like in Beckma yeah like we have his part first then I come in right. and then we go in together mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah. so do, do you guys write lyrics for each other sometimes as well like I mean does Niall ever present you with like a lyric sheet and you're like oh I have to <laughs> figure out how to sing this or vice versa yeah yeah it was like that. <laughs> like when we did War Outside, that was that was hard to get my head around. And then he told me it was about two birds fighting outside his window, which kind of put it into context for me, which was actually kind of nice. Because at first I was like, I have no idea what the song is about. I don't know how to follow the story. <laughs> um, but yeah, with Beckma. I think that was something that was fun to write because Niall said, Niall came up with the lyrics for his part and he was saying it was like people on a date. Mm-hmm. And then the way I, and he said, can you write like the female part? And I took it and I was like, oh, this guy's so cocky. <laughs> he thinks he's doing a great job in this song, in this, on this date. And I just came in and was like, actually, the girl's having a terrible time. She wants it to end. <laughs> and yeah, that. I think that was really fun writing yeah. that song because we had our separate parts. Yeah. And it seems to be drawing on your uh, experience of musical theater a little bit, right? In that yeah. You have kind of a couple parts going on there. Yeah. Yeah. And it was really good because, you know, these days you have to be really aware. I think Begma probably is like, if not our best song, it's definitely, you know, one of our best songs. And I think it's based on the fact that you've got different perspectives because, you know, Sarah was able to, not that I was going to say as well, it wasn't based on a date that I was on, but I was kind of putting myself into the character of somebody who was, you know, some cocky guy on a date and just under like, there's no way I would ever know what the female perspective would be in that situation. So having Sarah to actually write it is so important, you know? Um, and it, it gives it, you know, the strength that it has, I think. Mm. <laughs> I really do love Bakeman as well. I agree. I think it is a very strong song and just the fact that it has the female perspective as well, especially during or like the times that we're living in and women being able to speak up more and more people listening. And I think it's a very, very important topic. So it was just like from my perspective as well, it was great being able to to create a song. And I think obviously Sarah and Niall did a great job. So yeah, I I really I do love this song as well, and it's it's very fun to play as well. I mean, the the bass riff is awesome, and yeah, I, I wanted to like from a drummer's point of view, if I can put it that way, I wanted to like, uh, you know, create a powerful, like almost primitive drive to the song because, I mean, yeah, females are strong, so <laughs> and yeah. obviously. Being a being a female drummer as well, I mean, there are many out there in the world, but as we know, it is it is ma- a, mostly a male dominated industry. Obviously, it has changed a lot over the years, but it, yeah, I think it just kind of embodies what our band kind of grown into as well. You know, like having different perspectives, not only coming from like different countries, but yeah, different voices as well. If you can put it that way. So do you usually, when you're coming up with drum lines, do you usually listen to like a recording that Ali will send over and then you sort of think, okay, how can I play around that? 
or do you usually just kind of all do it in the studio together? Well, it's it's a mix, the mix of the two, I'd say. Like sometimes Ali will send a song and like we'll all listen to it. Maybe they will think of lyrics and I will think of a drum beat. But most of the time I feel like being in studio with Ali and just like hatching it out. That's That's been like the most successful for me, I'd say. Because obviously I don't have a drum set at home or something and I'm not always able to to jam. So yeah, going in studio and, and working together. Uh, obviously I have some like beats and stuff in my head and stuff I work out. But yeah, like in studio, that's that's been the best or the most fun at least to create beats and to work together. I think that's like the most fun part of being in a band um, is is the being in the studio part of it, right? Um, and, you know, I'm always interested how other bands kind of write and work and operate. Um, but uh, for us, like just going into the studio and we do have some ideas, like, you know, uh, Niall and Sarah have some lyric ideas. Sarah's got, uh, Siska's got some drum patterns in her head. I've got riffs that I bring in, but it's not a solid finished item. You know, uh, there's a kind of freedom when you're in the practice room where you can just kind of see what happens, you know? And I think a lot of our songs have developed from this very basic idea and a, and a very basic like idea of how uh, we thought the song would go. And then once we've practiced it and, and, uh, and jammed it out, I guess, it ends up going in a totally different direction and it becomes a different song. Mm-hmm. The, the weird thing with Beckman actually was um, when I wrote the initial riff and it kind of has this like, a galloping riff but very powerful kind of feel to it and so in my head I imagined the drums being kind of like on the floor time very low and rhythmic and I imagined a vocal chant a kind of like a group and as soon as I started playing it Siska started playing those drums like I hadn't said anything (laughs) it was just in my head it's like that's what it should be and then as soon as like yeah as soon as I started playing the riff Siska started playing those exact drums and Sarah started doing a little, oh, I was like, wow. It's like <laughs> telepathy, you know. So does anybody want to give a little intro to Morning Rises? Sarah, <laughs> I think Sarah um, came up with this is Sarah's, for that one. This was actually, yeah, this like, I think after we did the first EP, so, you know, you, you write your first few songs yeah. as a band and it's just kind of figuring out what you're going to sound like. Uh-huh. And then uh, once you've got that down, you reach the second stage of being in a band where you, yeah, you have exact sound down. You know what the band is kind of going for. Um, And I remember writing two songs and I gave, like I specifically was like, this is Sarah's song and this one is Niall's song. So Niall's song was Worship Now, which is one that we, we, we didn't get around to recording, unfortunately. Uh, But The Morning Rises was one that I was like, this is kind of, um, it feels a little bit more soul, soulful, I guess. It has a kind of groovy riff rather than a punk riff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this, this just sounds like something I think Sarah would be perfect for. It's like, this is your <laughs> as, song, Sarah. Please, as we know, like, I have write no lyrics soul. for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the song was like, this is the one that got my nerves going. I was like, I feel like. I was much more comfortable in the band, but it was my first time when Ali was like, this is your song. You need to write some uh-huh. lyrics for this. So like, even up until like the, uh, when we met up to play it with lyrics, I was in on the train, like writing lyrics, like, no, this doesn't work. I was really, really <laughs> nervous about it. Um, but yeah, I think it ended up sounding really cool. The lyrics, it kind of came from, it's kind of the, uncomfortable situation between Korea and Japan because at the time I was reading a book called When My Name Was Kyoko and yeah it was kind of just a girl's perspective in Korea about being under Japanese occupation so it's kind of like an angry why haven't you apologized a little bit political you know that kind of thing so but yeah it's definitely very I felt really excited about doing more of a vocal performance like singing mm-hmm. rather than shouting which i do enjoy mm-hmm. but <laughs> i think yeah, you did was... an excellent job <laughs> oh well, thank you all right <laughs> <laughs> 
Today the morning rises. I'll You guys have recorded two EPs, is that right? Yeah. So tell me about that recording process. I saw that you re- had recorded with Casey at Sesame Street. Right, Casey, um, yeah, like Genius's old drummer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, did you guys record those track by track, or did you do it all? Well, over? that's the thing, yeah. Uh, the first recording, mm-hmm. which I don't think sounds amazing. I mean, it, you know, it, it's fine. Um, but we did record that all together, like live in a room. So even the vocals were all in the same room. Uh, and I specifically remember at that point, I was using like the chorus uh, effect on an amp rather than having my own chorus pedal. And we got to the studio and none of the amps there had chorus effect. So the bass is very thin on those recordings. Um, whereas by the time we got to the, the second EP, um, we did things separately, like track by track. And there is one, two, three, four, five layers of bass at certain sections as well. Wow. So I recorded like um, a, a straight plug-in with the DI. Mm-hmm. So just, you know, a straight sub bass. 
And then I think there was another version with all the effects. And then I went in separately um, uh, with like a really high gainy fuzz and recorded two, uh, two tracks uh, of that as well. And then Casey layered them all together uh, to kind of give us that thick, beefy bass tone that you kind of need. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when you're in a, in a live studio or in a practice room, you get all the resonance of the, the bass and it kind of sounds full. Mm-hmm. But once you plug it in and start recording it, you lose a lot of that. And that's why we had to do layering, like lots of different layers. Um, and then the vocals were also done separately as well. So it's like a separate day. And I think we also had a third day where we got uh, friends to come in and do group mm-hmm. chants and uh, gang vocals and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So you had to record the same bass part uh, several different times? Mm, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Just kind of uh, repeating it. And it's, you know, obviously it's not going to be exactly the same, but enough that uh, it's not too notes- mm-hmm. noticeable. You know. Part of the fun. Part of the fun. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Cool. So did you guys have those songs pretty much written before you started recording or did you do a lot of the <laughs> writing as it was as it was happening? Most of the other songs were already finished except for Alcohol Sunshine. Mm. And then we hadn't actually played it all the way through before we started <laughs> I recording. I, I rushed us into that because we, we wrote that and I was like, I really like this song and I don't think we're ever going to have a chance to record again. Like if, if one of us you know, ends up leaving soon. I don't care if it's new. Like, I just want it recorded. So let's, like, yeah, let's record this song. But, yeah, I think you guys were writing lyrics in the studio. For yeah. That, right? Yeah, you, you guys worked really hard and really long. Like, I remember that. Like, I think you, like, we went into studio at, like, what, 9 a.m. maybe? And you guys yeah. stayed until, like, 10, 11 p.m., something like that. You guys worked super hard. But I mean, I I love that song. I think it paid off and it came out great. So thank you guys. <laughs> yeah. I also think Casey helped a lot with that because he he actually had some input with us. Like I would kind of have an idea and he'd be like, oh, yeah, that might work. Yeah. So we tried a, a few different things and then it ended up coming out the way it did, which I think worked. I've worked with Casey a lot on like different bands, and different albums. And I think he's a wonderful producer. I just want to say in case mm. he's listening. Yeah. In case, in case he is listening. <laughs> then uh, yeah he's a wonderful producer because he he never um like puts his rule or law on it he's very loose like whatever you want but if you need a suggestion then he's very good with like mm-hmm. giving the suggestions and um the way that he records as well i think you get a very nice like raw live sound out of him um definitely yes he was playing out, playing with some of like our vocal textures and stuff, like playing it out through an amp and then recording what the amp was playing, which was, I think, a really cool idea. And the sound re- sounds really cool. Mm. Yeah, well, that's like uh, it was kind of that Tom Waits style, right? Where mm. like he he Tom Waits really likes the sound of music coming from a different room. Mm. Um, so if you listen to a lot of his songs, the musicality is like kind of muffled a little bit and the vocals it sounds like he's using a, a speakerphone mm-hmm. right uh and i think we added a little we had that kind of idea a little bit mm-hmm. uh on the ep so a lot of the vocals kind of went that way as well yeah. but it's just kind of fun stuff that you can do in a studio it's like yeah. i've yeah. never i've never been in a situation where i've just had um infinite free time in a studio to like be able to mess around and stuff like that um but you know, I'd love to be able to do that. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's. I guess I was surprised that you had recorded uh, this track by track. I, for whatever reason, I thought you had recorded it live because it really does seem to capture that that live sound that you guys have. Thank you. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's um, I, which I imagine is pretty difficult to recreate the energy that you guys have when you're playing live to when you're trying to record that, right? Yeah, and I, and I think it's kind of a fool's errand to go for that exact sound and like try and capture it because you know in, in a live situation there's the whole context of being out you've had a few drinks you're excited to play in front of your friends whereas uh, the studio it's a little bit more controlled uh, so i don't think you can go full-on live live sound with all the warts and the mistakes but you can kind of try and get somewhere close to that well speaking of which we should listen to another two then how about 
running, I guess. Is yeah, running. Yeah. All running again. All running again. Cool. Um, so was this another one that... Uh, how did, this, how did this isn't one this the song that we wrote for the songwriting competition? Yeah, it is. Which, which actually we've mentioned a few times. So now put together this songwriting competition. We did not win. Uh, but <laughs> I only know about competition. It. <laughs> <laughs> but we got a band out of it, um, and I got a drummer out of it for a, a different band as well. So for, for me, it was very successful, <laughs> even though we didn't win things. are very 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 high energy performing band i would say mm-hmm. have to don't be. mind me saying yeah thank you yeah but um how do you feel so passionate about something to the point where you like you feel like you have to shout it at them do you know what i mean yeah i guess this is mainly for the vocalists but for everybody but especially for the vocalists like to feel so um so in touch with your lyrics or so feeling like it's such an important thing to get it into people's faces almost literally too because Niall does as you mentioned <laughs> like to walk around and <laughs> literally shout into people's faces in the audience. yeah it's funny I, I whenever we played a show in hq I, I think we'd played a few times three or four times at this stage and jared who always does the sound there he specifically made sure he'd given me a microphone with the cord extra long and made sure that it was able to go out into the crowd because <laughs> yeah like usually the very last song that we that we perform is always shame which is you know after our set is roughly about 30 minutes and then it gets to shame which is a song that i do myself sarah does some uh backing vocals but it's it's me doing like a really intense verse and then straight into a really loud chorus and then straight back into a a second intense verse and then you know there's no break like whenever sarah was talking Mm -hmm. earlier on about finding those spaces to breathe there's literally no space so i you know i'm at the end my lungs are absolutely empty and then i kind of have to trail off a little bit and just get the breath in but that song is a it's, it's about shame and about how it was it was based off of uh john ronson um he, he wrote a book about being publicly shamed and that's the first lyrics are so you've been shamed and it's about that kind of idea where people a lot of people can un, like 
identify and empathize with the experience of growing up and like i grew up in northern ireland as an irish catholic and the the themes of shame that run throughout my life are incredibly intense and it, it doesn't matter like i mean we've played it a bunch of times but it doesn't matter like every time i'm singing it i'm thinking of the same stuff because it's the same stuff that's every day in my life you know it's the same things that i'm thinking about day to day and whenever you can sum it up in that way it's like having a really good quote you know you you, you the amount of times you walk around and somebody says something or complains mm -hmm. about something and you just turn around and go, oh, well, you know, c'est la vie, that's, that's life or, you know, seize the moment, whatever, you know, it's still as powerful centuries after it's been originally coined. And I feel the same way about the songs, you know? So whenever I see, especially there's like, there's some people who come to our shows, you know, there's this one guy, Tim, who, who's come to all of our shows. And I think he's, you know, Sarah's friend. He maybe came because he was Sarah's mm -hmm. friend in the first place, but he's come to all our shows. And then I see him and, you know, for somebody to actually go out of their way on a day to come and see you doing something that you're doing because you love it and they love it too. It's really like, it's, it's such a beautiful thing. And, you know, there's been shows where I've felt nervous earlier on and maybe just kind of almost tried to hide, but you know, where can you hide? Cause I, previously I would have had a guitar maybe to play with, but where can you hide when you're just standing there with a microphone? And I remember probably the first show we had, we had these microphone stands and me and Sarah were fucking holding on to them like they were life life rings. Yeah. <laughs> we were lost in the ocean. We were just standing there just like holding them as, as tightly as we could and probably bending the metal, you know, the grip was that tight. Kind of like as you move on, uh, you kind of realize that, you know, you can put yourself out there and if people appreciate it, which, you know, hopefully people did, I don't know. It just, it just becomes so exciting, you know, and growing up, listening to heavy metal and punk, that's what you did. You just get into the crowd. You know, I, I want to mm -hmm. be in the crowd watching us playing. So sometimes when Ali's playing or the music's taken over and there's no vocal performance needed, you know, I'll go and stand in the crowd with people and trying to get them up and mosh and, you know, tell people, I, I found one important thing was you don't tell people, you know, bands always do that thing. Come up to the front. Come on, everybody come up to the front. You don't do that. You say to them, okay, everybody, just take two steps forward, give them like a set number of steps and they'll mm -hmm. do it. They'll do it. They'll take two steps forward. And before you know it, they're so close at that stage that they'll just gradually mm -hmm. drift a little bit closer anyway. So I don't know. It's all about getting people in together and that's the fun part, you know, as well that like we're all really passionate about the things, I, the music that we play as we should be. Otherwise it would never get to that stage. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, music, I agree with that. Like, music's always been something, like, it should be fun. It should be fun to create. And I feel like live shows as well and stuff like that, music has always been a form of escapism almost. So you, you live this crazy life or you do this monoton these monotonous things and then, like, on a Friday night or a Saturday night, you can go out with your friends and you can just let loose and you can just be and you can just exist in this space and everybody kind of connect in that way and I mean when we play a live show I feel it's the same thing and I really feel like Sarah and now you guys are so good with the crowd and like the people always enjoy it and everything just kind of clicks together in that way so yeah playing live is is just it's amazing it, I, I love it yeah well you're very fun to watch live too because you're you really do take the drums and you can tell you're super into it. you're very passionate usually there's a puddle of sweat around she has the transform <laughs> and then ollie is like tap dancing on seven different pedals while playing these very complicated yeah. bass parts and yeah, yeah. And so i'm just like, i'm just like sweating trying yeah. to keep on track of everything yeah <laughs> really really fun. fun band to uh to get to watch so hopefully soon enough i get to do it again absolutely okay. i mean if we're as long as we're in the same space and it is safe to do so i am sure we will we will find the time to get together and make some music again yeah, mm -hmm. hope so so we're gonna end it usually we have a live performance here and we've got ollie and sarah in the studio and you guys are gonna do alcohol sunrise yep that's cool. right all right well thank you guys again for doing this and um yeah appreciate it so, so thank, thank you very much for having yeah having thanks us. a million gino much appreciated thanks, gino. thank you
I hope you enjoyed this episode of Liquid Sound. We'd like to give a big thanks to Niall, Ali, Siska, and Casper of Ghosts for coming on the show and sharing their music with us. To hear more of their music, you can find it on Bandcamp or on all major streaming platforms. And as always, those links are available in the episode description. For upcoming info about the Liquid Arts Network, you can find us at liquidartsnetwork.com. If you or someone you know would like your music featured on our show, let us know via email at liquidsoundpodcast at gmail.com. Please do subscribe to the Liquid Sound Podcast, share the show with friends, and if you get a chance, take a moment to leave us a review and a five-star rating. It really does help listeners find us. On behalf of everyone at the Liquid Arts Network team, we thank you so very much for listening today. And until next time, Support independent music, support your local arts community, and support each other. And we will see you very soon. Jen, take it away. No, actually, this is the first one I read, but I think I'll read more. He's pretty in light and yeah. 
the conversation took off. We shared all.